They try to take it to town. I got hoes calling a young nigga fall. Where's Ollie with the motherfucking dog? Bitch, I be ballin' like a motherfucking pro. What's going on? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back again to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida in the good old U.S. of A. What's going on? I've been playing Mo Bamba on loop. For the last 48 hours I, I can't stop playing this song This song got has me so Fucking hype I, 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 I just, Every time I hear it I just start vibing I just get it like I just want to jump through a, like a window I want to c- climb to the highest building And jump through the window Like Sheck West came, came um, He's on concert He's in concert with Or I should say he's on tour with Travis Scott for the Astro World concert, they were just here on Sunday, November the 11th, and I had circled that date on my calendar months when Travis Scott announced the tour dates during the summer. I had it penciled in that I would be there at that concert. Uh, seeing how it was the day after my birthday. My birthday was November 10th. Shout out to anybody who reached out to me or everybody that reached out to me on Twitter, uh, wishing me a happy birthday. Thank you. Um, thank you. So I was supposed to go to that concert. I was supposed to be there. I wanted to be there. I'm a huge Travis Scott fan. And I was, my cousins went, I apologize. My son's still awake, and I'm recording this, and I, I got nothing else. I, I whatever he doesn't want to go to sleep. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Not record it, delay the podcast another day, because he doesn't. He's not sleeping. I mean, it is what it is. It'll be fine. The whole podcast is not like that. So, I was supposed to go to the concert, and my cousin had bought his tickets to go with him. He and all his boys, um, to the concert, but they got into the three hundred sections. I knew that the concert, the Travis Scott concert, was going to be lit. I wanted to be on the floor. I'm always on the floor. Kanye West comes on the floor. Uh, shit, now thinking about it, I only really go to see Kanye West. I only really go to see Kanye West. But either way, I knew I wanted to go to this concert and be on the floor. So my cousin, who we had spoke about going to this concert, he gets his tickets, but he gets them in the 300 section. I'm like, yo, what the hell? And then I hit up my other cousin to go with me, and he lives out of town. So he was supposed to come down. He goes, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. In. A few weeks before the concert, he gets ghosts. So now I'm facing going to this concert by myself. Normally, in normal situations, I don't have any problems going anywhere by myself. But at least, you know, like concerts is a cool, I've never been by myself. So I was like, you know, it was going to be a new experience. And I, I don't know, like, I just felt like a concert is nece- not necessarily the greatest place ever. 
um, to go by yourself. But then again, like I thought the same with movies. For years, I never went to the movies by myself until I started going to the movies by myself. And now I love it. The best thing in the world for me is going to the movies by myself. I fucking love it. So I knew that Sheck West was coming with Travis Scott. So I start... Um, I'm like, yo, who is this dude? Check West, Check West. I see his name on the billing and I, I don't know who he is. So a few days before the the 11th, I start YouTubing who Check West is and then the song Mo Bamba. So the first time I hear it, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then it just, you know, it was, it was one of those concerts, one of those songs that when you hear it, you dismiss it. But it, the first time you hear it, it plants a seed somewhere in your mind. And that seed starts growing. And I just kept hearing the bass line. Bass line. The nasty-ass bass line in my head. And I just found myself, like, humming it. Humming it. And that closer building up to the concert, I started playing it again, playing it again, playing it again. And now Sunday came and went. And it's just been on repeat. I can't stop playing it. I can't stop playing it. <sighs> I love the fucking song. Um, but the Travis Scott concert, going back to it, my cousin called me the next day and he said, yo, you missed it. It was amazing. It was so great. And I knew, I didn't want to hear it, but I knew it was going to be phenomenal. I knew it was going to be tremendous. That night, I... uh. I started Instagramming. Anytime I want to find out what's going on live, I just go search a hashtag on Instagram. I don't know if anybody else does this. Uh, you know, and if you don't do this, it's a here's a little tip. If you ever want to find out what's something's happening live, go to Instagram, search the hashtag or search the location, and then just go to recent. And then you could start, like, people, you know, whatever posts are coming up under the hashtag, you'll see it there. And I started seeing videos from the concert. I think I made it through, like, two minutes, two, three minutes. And I was like, fuck this. I can't. My heart's broken. Heartbroken that I didn't go to the concert. I, I still, like, now that it's been a couple of days, I hit up YouTube. And I'm YouTubing videos of the concert, and I and my heart breaks. It's like torture. My heart breaks that I wasn't there. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. I think, I think at the end of the year, I'm gonna make a list of all the L's that I've held this year in 2018. That might be top ten. That might be top five. Definitely in the top ten. Not going to the Travis Scott concert is definitely top five. Definitely top five. So what's going on, everybody? That, that that's a little that was an update. Uh, what else? What else has been going on in my life? So the last time I put out, not I recorded, the last time I put out a podcast was for the Manchester United match review, and I say that I had put out but recorded. I had recorded one. Um, for our last game, was it Burnley? Did we win? Did we, we beat Burnley 3 0, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, Burnley 3 0. So I recorded one for the Burnley, the match review for that one. Um, but it was after the 
the incident at Leicester City. It was after, it was just after the, in the United States, there was a shooting at a synagogue. It was just a lot of negative energy, I felt like, with that podcast. And and I felt like I had talked, I, I had spoken to a, a couple of friends of mine um, in our group chat and I asked them about it. Like, I told them straight up, I'm not happy with it. I feel like my energy is down. I feel like this is not, who I am or or necessarily who I am, but more so what I want this podcast to be. And I wasn't happy with it. And shout out to the homie Daniel. He was like, yo, think of your listeners. Is this something you would be happy your listeners hearing? And that resonated with me. And I and I said, nah, it, it's just, it's just, it, I didn't bring the energy that I wanted. And I decided to, you know what, let's not release that one, pump the brakes. I'd much rather not release it than release something half-ass, half-hearted, and and disappoint. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it just, I didn't feel like it was my vibe. I, I really didn't. So, um, outside of that, I've been working on this huge project, huge project with work, actually real-life shit, and it things are going to start picking up with it real quick that once it's well i've been securing the bag once it goes well if all goes well i'm whispering because i don't want my wife to hear if all goes well with this project it's like like six months worth of salary six months worth of salary in one go i'm considering not working for those six months and just dedicating all those six months to the podcast or at least three months right to the podcast right to everything i'm deciding i haven't decided yet it's just between a secret between you and me guys just you and me don't tell her but i don't know i don't know i don't know but it's massive the project's massive massive but anyways um after that after the the project uh, my birthday, I turned 35 years old, I'm five years closer to 40, uh, but I feel, I feel normal, I don't feel any different, people ask me, like, dude, you're, you're getting to your, you know, middle age, but shit, I'm telling you, I don't feel any different than what I felt like two years ago three years ago four years ago i i I don't know i noticeably i don't feel like a a, a difference um in my personality now where i do notice a difference being older getting older and your body feeling different is no joke so i play soccer football two times a week and before i could i when I was training in MMA, when I was training jiu-jitsu, I was training hard five, four times minimum, five times, and sometimes even six times if I was leading up to a tournament or or somebody, there was a tournament going on. I was training hard, and that was in my mid to late 20s, and I felt I was going, I was going hard three hours, two and a half hours a day minimum four times a week up to five times a week and i did that no problem now i play soccer an hour we play six six v six 
um, on turf, and my knees hurt and my ankles hurt. Two days. Oh, hold on a second. But chill, man. Making noise. Oh, here he goes. He's going to bed. So, and my knees and my ankles take like a day or two to recover. I have to hit the CBD vape pen. I have to hit the vape pen. I hit the vape pen now. That's a new thing. I never, 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 ever, ever. Not, I wouldn't say, I was more so, like I would dabble. I would dabble here and there. I would partake here and there on the ganja. But I wasn't really, it wasn't something that I needed every single day. But now that I'm older, I feel like, you know, arthritis and inflammation, that shit's, you know, creeps into my head. I'm getting old, man. So now I have to hit the pen. I get home, I pop, 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 hit the pen, which is phenomenal. The pen is phenomenal. I encourage you if it's legal or whatever, whatever, whatever you got to do, find a fucking pen. I encourage it. It's, it's changed my life. Not changed my life. I just enjoy it. Fuck it. So that's been it, man. Like, 35 years old, I still, my personality, I guess that wouldn't change. Your personality wouldn't change. It would be like, have I matured? And I don't know because my personality is very immature. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a work in progress. We'll see what happens. Uh, other than that, that's it. Pretty much it, man. Like, that's pretty much it, guys. Just on the normal, same old, same old. So for this week on the podcast, because this is the All-American Chelsea podcast, not the All-American Christian's Life uh, and what other bullshit he's into podcast. I got FIFA. If y'all want it on FIFA, you can find me. I'm in the process of seeing if I can get a gamer tag um, associated with this specifically because I have my own personal gamer tag. I don't know if I can do two, two gamer tags on Xbox, um, but I have my own personal one. So I'll be more than happy to, if you want it, you can get it. FIFA, Xbox, um, just DM me and, you know, I'll find you. We'll link up and then we'll go from there. But, um, so this week for, for this episode of the podcast, I got on the homie Zach and the homie Andres from the Romans Empire podcast, uh, two American guys, um, OGs of the game. They came before me. I mean, technically original og stands for original gangster or old gangster depending on how you want to define the term og i don't know i mean they themselves andres and zach wouldn't qual um wouldn't they feel like they don't qualify for the status of og because they've only been podcasting for two seasons now or this is the start of their second season so i'll admit that's a little young in the game to be to wear the title of OG. However, however, to me, as somebody just starting, this is my first season. They are my OGs. They are my pioneers amongst the pioneers of the American Chelsea podcasting that they came before me. So from my end, it's nothing but respect. It's nothing from love uh, to guys that came before me. So we discuss 
Everton, and we discussed Tottenham coming up. Tottenham on twenty on uh, November twenty fourth. That's next weekend. Um, I'm gonna. I got a couple of podcasts lined up for that, and I'll catch you guys after uh, the interview. You're gonna enjoy it. We kick it. Um, and you know how we do here on the All American Chelsea podcast. So I'll see you guys at the end of the interview. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Later. Recording. All right. Three, two, one. Let's do this. All right. <clears throat> all right, everybody. I'm here with two thirds of the Roman Empire podcast. I'm with my boy Zach Zachary Morris from Saved by the Bell, and I'm here with the <laughs> I'm here with the homie, the chamo Andres. So what's going on, boys? Nothing much, man. Same old. Ready to talk some Chelsea. Talk some shit about Spurs. Beautiful. I it's love always it. a it's always an exciting occasion when you get to talk shit about Tottenham. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks again for inviting us. We're glad to to be part of your pod today. I'm I'm more than welcome. I mean, like I I should say more than welcome. That's I, I, my mind was about to say something stupid. Like I'm more than welcome to have you guys. Nah, 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 nah. Like <laughs> you guys are OGs in the game. Like, um, you know the boys at the London is Blue podcast, uh, KB, um from his podcast and then you guys you know like the americans setting blazing the trail setting the example for a dude like me like um I, you guys being are the too kind man the being way- it is what it is man it is what it is <laughs> we appreciate that but look we're just we're just a bunch of normal chelsea fans honestly that's uh th- that's all it comes down to. I actually cut Andres open one time and his blood was actually blue too, so that so there's some proof. <laughs> damn, damn, like I haven't I haven't I haven't been cut open recently. I'm gonna have to I guess you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get on Twitter, I'm gonna live I'm gonna live stream it, I'm gonna put it on Periscope, I'm gonna stab <laughs> myself in the chest and hope for the best. I, I think it's blue, but <laughs> you'll have nine one one coming through your doors in like two seconds. I, I advise you not to. <laughs> Right in the chest and hope for the best and see what fuck it, you know. There's one life to live, YOLO. (laughs) 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 All right. So so real quick for my listeners, how like give take me to the start of your podcast. Like for anybody who hasn't heard like uh taking a second to listen to your podcast, which here on my podcast, like the first thing I always say to my, anybody that listens to me is, please, 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 we're a Chelsea family. Like, you may not enjoy my voice. You may not enjoy my content. But there's others. Don't listen only to me. Go out to listen to you guys. Listen to the London is Blue. Go on YouTube. Watch Nini's channel. Watch 100% um, Chelsea's channel. Watch everybody's shit. Like, we're a family. Like, support everybody. So, please, if you're not listening to... The Roman Empire podcast, like, please subscribe, listen to it. So take my listeners to the beginning. How did the podcast come about? Oh, man. So uh, about two summers ago, uh, me and Sam, uh, we've been best friends since we were in what, like middle school, something like that. Anyways, uh, me and Sam were, were hanging out at his apartment one time and just talking Chelsea 
Uh, we are, I think we were watching a Manchester versus Chelsea match also. I think I was skipping class that day. Anyways, long story short, I said, dude, why don't we start a podcast? And uh, and he thought it was a great idea. So, uh, you know, we had a few drinks until the idea sounded really, really good. And next thing we know, we had the Romans Empire name down. And we've been doing a podcast. This is our second season. And uh, in the beginning of our second season, actually, Andres, how long has it been? Probably like five or six weeks now. Uh, we brought Andres on as our third member. Um, this dude, this dude knows his stuff and we had him on as a guest originally and he killed it. So we just thought, you know, why not bring him on, uh, bring him on full time. It's always good to have another voice. And I, I am flattered. Uh, that gives me a lot more credit than I deserve. Um, so to give my side of it all, I started with star spangled blues with my buddy, Brian, um, similar to Zach. Uh, we had a group text that, honestly was blowing up all times during the Chelsea season. And I just told the guys, it's like, we need to be spending our time that we, you know, work on getting arthritis texting and be productive and just record for fun, see where it goes. Uh, we tried doing it for a season. Things kind of piled on on the personal side for, for Brian. He couldn't kind of commit on a weekly basis. So, yeah, Zach reached out and – it just made so much sense. It was so easy to, to kind of be a part of the Romans Empire pod that uh, when they invited me to do it like consistently, I, I couldn't say no. Hey, but 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 I want to I want to cut you off for a sec, Andres. I want to go back to something Christian said earlier about like listening to other podcasts. Um, I actually went to London last uh, last March actually to go see uh, Chelsea versus Spurs. And I reached out to some of the Chelsea fan cast guys like Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd and. Dan Silver and all those dudes. And I actually met up with them, and they were super fucking cool. We also met with the London is Blue guys over there. Uh, there was another uh, – I think it was a Swedish Chelsea podcast. I can't remember the name off, off, the, off the top of my head. But like you said, I mean it's a Chelsea family, and you know that's, that, that's how it is. We reach out to each other. We guess on each other's pods, and the rest sort of just becomes history. That's exactly what happened with Andres. And you know, like, like he said, we're really happy to be on the show and uh, – we're ready to talk some shit, man. Love Let's it. do it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. And that, like, that's exactly. I love hearing stuff like that. It's funny you mentioned March. Your boys, your boys, like, legit going to Stanford Bridge in March. Like, I, I, I say it and I don't believe it. Like, I say it and I'm like, nah, I, I, I'm not going. Oh, I'm I gotta, say, going. I gotta post some pictures on the Twitter then. I'm not going. I'm not going. And then, but, but. I, I, it's happening. Like it's legit happening that I'm gonna be there in March. I'm going for the Wolves game. And oh no way. Yep. Nice. Yep. 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 And so like I, I still like, um, my passport expired. So I'm in the process of getting that new passport and just doing all the little things before I book the flight. But it's all squared away with the wife, with the fam. So we're I'm I'm, I'm as good as there already, and I can't wait. I honestly cannot wait. I am beyond jealous. The only times I've been to Stanford Bridge have been to two stadium tours during the preseason. So I'm I'm uh, doing what I can to go next season. Uh, my father and I were trying to go for Boxing Day last winter, and then I got hit by a truck, and so that money had to be spent elsewhere. So. Extremely jealous. I can't even imagine what that feeling is going to be like going in for the first time. And yeah, you'll have to post kind of a recap of your trip, man. Yeah. Hey, no. If you're if you're anything like me, you'll cry. 
I I know <laughs> I'm gonna, I, dude. Like, all right, all right. It's just between. No, I the, get it. The, I get it. Between the three of us, between the three of us, <laughs> and the millions of people listening to this podcast, I go on Google. I go on Google Maps, right? And I do uh, street views, and I go down Fulham Road, and I swear to God. I swear to you, when I start getting closer to the bridge, I start crying. I literally, I legit start crying like a little bitch. <laughs> oh man, that is the that is the best because that's exactly what I used to do. Also, I, I used to look up pictures of different like, even if it was a picture of the fucking bathroom in the on the in, in the visitors locker room, I I'd still want to see it. Like I just want to see what what everything looks like, and then being there is just some completely different. But yeah. hey, you 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 have to do the stadium tour. And if I were you, I'd spend an extra fifty or sixty bucks, whatever it is, to do the private one. We did a private tour, my girlfriend and I, and it was just us two uh, with our tour guide. And, and I mean, he he let us hang out in pretty much any room we wanted to, as long as we wanted to. It was awesome. Dope, dope, dope. So you, you like I can let's say because the Wolves game is on Saturday, so I can technically go on a Monday and pay for it, or or like it yeah, has to be- so. Log on to uh, go to Chelsea's website, and uh, there should be a link for uh, booking stadium tours. And then you could you could book a date and a time. What? Yeah, yeah you, you have I, to do I it beforehand. To, right, I went the summer after Mourinho won it, his second stint. And lucky for me, the actual trophy was at the Mega Store on the day I did the tour. So I actually got to take a picture with the. EPL trophy. It had the fingerprints of all the players like still on it. It was crazy. So yeah, highly recommend the tour. It, it's worth the time. Oh I definitely God. touched the trophy when I wasn't supposed to. But same, like, same. What are they gonna do? Send me back to the to America? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! You had to shoot your shot. You shot it. And- I had to, man. I had to do it. <laughs> Yo, that is so dope. That is so dope. I've actually seen like. Every single time Chelsea has come to the States and they've come through Miami, I've gone to see them every single time. But it's not mm-hmm. the same. It's not the no. same. Like, like there's a dude, I always talk about this specific, there's a video on YouTube where this kid, he goes, he's an American kid and he goes for the first time. And like his vlog of going there, I always watch it. And I there's a, something specific. I don't know what it is. That he records as he, he doesn't do it on purpose. At least he doesn't make it seem he's doing it on purpose. Where he's just re- like he's walking up the steps and before he sees the pitch and the way he d- he swung his camera, like I close my eyes and I see like my feet walking up the yellow steps and like I open my eyes and I just see like the pitch. Like and that's when I, I know for a fact that's when I'm gonna lose it. Like that's it's going to be waterworks right then and there. Like, I don't like it's just the thing is, it's like it's a dream come true. It's like it's Stanford Bridge. Yes, it's your team. Yes, you feel it in your heart. Yes, you feel it in your chest. But it's like for me, it's like a dream come true. I've dreamt of going to this place so many times, like day after day, night after night, seen it hours upon hours on TV. And then to finally be there, to smell like the grounds, like like the way the stadium smells, like the food and, and, and the beer, like like to hear the sounds, like like I I, I can't believe it's gonna happen. Like I, I can't believe it. But Andres, you you brought up something. You said you got hit by a truck. How'd the truck do? <laughs> 
Well, um, it actually th- that truck actually got totaled. That's to, what I'm talking uh, about. Like, <laughs> yeah, they had like it wasn't like damage on the actual truck. It was like the engine. So yeah, that car got screwed. My car got screwed. I actually ended up being totally fine, which is a blessing. But uh, yeah, bummer that it had to delay my trip to to see Chelsea in a real like EPL match. Like you yeah. said, I've seen them every time they come to to Texas. So I'm ready for for the real deal now. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I can't wait. I can't wait. And so before we get into Everton, boys, Andres, as a person who loves to embellish stories just a little bit, I would leave the part out that you totaled your car. Just say, nah, I was perfectly, <laughs> I was perfectly fine. The other truck was totaled. That's it. It's like what? End the story. End the story. Yeah, the, I'm I'm fine. The truck was totaled. <laughs> <laughs> I would leave it just like that. <laughs> oh my god. So, Everton, Everton, Everton. What did you like? For for though again, you, you guys, I can't believe you're listening to my podcast and not knowing the result um, for the Chelsea versus Everton match. It ended zero zero. And what did you guys see um, when you were watching that match? What did you guys see? Um, like, how did we play? In your eyes, in your opinion, how did we play? How did we do? Andres, you want this one? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I think we played relaxed, kind of letting whatever Everton's tactics were dictate what we would do in return. Like, we just kind of played into their tactics rather than taking it to them. Uh, so, yeah, I felt like there was just too much slow passing and when a team is playing whether it's a mid block or a low block slow sideways passing is playing to their hands so they set the trap and we fell for it that's kind of how i put it in simple terms it had a little uh it had a little essence of years past at the bridge and i'm not talking about the good years uh that slow lethargic build-up play that leads to this tippy-tappy nonsense in and around their 18 without producing enough chances to score. I mean, that was at least the story of the first half for me. Um, the second half came along, and Hazard started to play a little bit better. Alonzo was getting into great positions, but a little bit of luck on Everton's part. But at the same time, I mean, you got to tip their hat to them. Tactically, they were spot on. Besides the fact that they're pricks that just love to kick us off the pitch, um, th- th- their tactics – you know, were were effective. I mean, they nullified the they nullified our supply line um, in Jorginho, and we touched upon it a little bit in our uh, in our podcast as well. They David Luiz wasn't able to step into that midfield either because they they created that midfield block that Andres alluded to in, in in our pod. That you know they keep that middle of the pitch very very tight, and it doesn't allow us to play our own game. So the fact that we weren't allowed that we weren't able to get into our own rhythm for a majority of the match. Um, just shows how well Everton played for one and how crap we played uh, uh, on the other hand. So um, it's still a draw. It's not a loss. But, you know, again, at the bridge against a team like Everton, not a knock on them, but that should that should have been three points. Yeah. I, you, you know what it felt like to me? It felt like this was the one of one of the games where it's crazy to say, but it was one of the games where being scored on, I think, would have helped. If yeah. we would have con- if we would have conceded a goal, I think it would have helped, because there's just sometimes the boys come out and they're just flat. They're just playing counter punching, and and 
this was definitely one of those games where they were just waiting for they were waiting a counter punch. They were just going side to side. And I mean, you you mentioned it. Alonzo Alonzo had a few shots. Um, especially the, on, on the on, what was it on the on the free kick on the free kick or the corner, mm-hmm. where he no it was a free kick where William kicked it William kicked in it Alonzo peeled off to the left and he unleashed a hammer of a shot and nothing happened but like other than that like it just felt like we it, it would have been it would have been a good thing if we would have got scored on, um they they were playing so well they were playing so well. One guy that that has been getting a lot of shit on Twitter recently, um, especially after this game, and I saw it, somebody mention it. This is now multiple games. Is William not passing to Morata? What did you guys like? Give me your thoughts on that. Uh, did you see when he had that open breakaway? It was him and Morata where he could have mm-hmm. easily squ- uh, squared it to Morata. For the goal, it was a wide open goal. Morata wouldn't have missed it if if he would have if he would have missed that tapping. If he would have missed the tapping, I would have said, "Morata, do me a favor, leave your cleats, leave your shorts, leave your jersey, <laughs> leave them right there on the field. Get off. Don't even don't even come back. Get off." But he would have made that. But what do you are you guys seeing? Like, have you guys picked up on this on Twitter that that somebody's pointed out that this is now. Three games this season where we could have won, where he ended up drawing. I think it was this one, West Ham, and there was one other one. I think it was. It was they showed Liverpool. Liverpool. Yep. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mentioned this to the guys, too, that somebody made a graphic with all these. Uh, the one that I'll kind of give William the benefit of the doubt was the Liverpool one because Giroud, that passer Giroud came in like the 30th minute. But the West Ham one was like in the 88th. And this one was also late in the game before, you know, there was probably like 20 minutes left before Pedro stepped in or, or 30-ish minutes. But, yeah, it's one of those things where we know – William should know based on his own individual stats that he is not the world's greatest goal scorer. And, and my frustration with the lack of passing is that, you know, let's say William scores a great – we're not even talking about this. But you give that ball to a Bernardo Silva at Manchester City – and he's squaring that ball to Aguero or or Sterling. Like, it, you should not double, like think twice to pass it to a teammate when he is in the far better position to score. Yes. And I just think that you're making it easy on the other team when they know statistically and with a history now that William won't pass it to Morata. And that's not helping Morata's lack of confidence. And that's not helping Chelsea as a team either. And that's my issue. And I think it's just that classic William holding on to the ball too long nonsense that he tends to do uh, quite often, unfortunately. Um, I did see a graphic today that said uh, how many how many goals in Europe's top five leagues certain players had. And they had guys like Roberto Firmino and Bernardo Silva and uh, just a couple different names on there. And William was the oldest out of the bunch and had the least amount of goals. Um, and it just goes to show you, I mean, the guy does not have a killer instinct. Um, and when he does try to, what he does try to use whatever killer instinct he has, he usually misses. And uh, that's just case in point right there. But but something that William always does as well, he, he dribbles with his head down. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only person that notices this because I'm a coach, but, you know, I... It, 
it's it's a pet peeve of mine. I'm telling my nine-year-olds not to dribble with their heads down, to keep their head up when, when they're dribbling the ball, to look around. Even, even if they pick their head up for a split second just to see a blue shirt in that direction, you got to know your guys there and you got to make that pass. There's – it's it's pretty inexcusable for me. I still love Willian. I think I still think he's he's class. I think there's a reason why guys like Jose Mourinho, guys like Antonio Conte, uh, all um, found use for him in their squads. Um, but still, you have to make that pass. It's a shame that he didn't. And, and on the flip side, if you do pass it to Morata and he does miss, that's not on you anymore. Yeah. That's on Morata. So it's it's a it's a basically a win-win scenario for you. You make the pass, you please everyone else in the building, and now it's up to Murata to put that in the back of the net. Yeah. And and just one more thing, like just to be clear, like we're not blaming Williams one play on the result overall. It's just a glaring like low light of the game. Like mm-hmm. there was plenty of other chances that didn't go our way, like you mentioned the Alonzo shots, the one that skid off the post and all that, but it, it just sucks that that is sadly the talking point and it's not helping the rhetoric on Williams' behalf. So, yeah, it's it – should, he should have made the pass. That's, uh, that's it. He, he, he should have made the pass. He should have made the pass. And it, in after the match, Sorry even brought up the fact that we need to be more ruthless in goal um, in front of goal. And those were, that's one of the moments. That's one of the moments. I mean, on like, Alonzo's, Alonzo's shot on the free kick if he would have made that that's like that if he would have made that that's amazing like those are one of the extra plays but like things like that that one-on-one with with not it wasn't even a one-on-one it was a i call it a breakaway with him and morata Mm -hmm. like they were all they were on on goal they were breaking away towards goal like those are the plays that that's a chance that is a clear-cut chance that you need to put yourself into the the highest um percentage of scoring and it's not William shot the right play the smart play there is to is to square it is to cross it into Morata I mean this is this goes into um IQ sports IQ um and I I I grew up playing American football I grew up playing football and in that in in American football, there's 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 times where yeah you have uh, the smart play where you where you could see a play developing, but more so the game that that I always uh, fall back to is like yeah that's an IQ play is basketball and I find a lot of parallels between soccer and basketball, mm-hmm. um, and one dude that used to always get criticized. It, 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 he still does is LeBron James LeBron James for making not making the selfish play for making the basketball play and I think right there like William was selfish instead of being making the IQ play which was passing into Morata um and and it's probably one of the things that I'm sure sorry highlighted after the game like yo this is a point right here where this is where I'm talking about where we need to be ruthless on goal. The, the smart play William here is to pass it Morata. Pick your head up. You would have seen him there. Pick your mm-hmm. head up. You got to know. I mean, but there's other times. This goes to Morata too. Did you guys see how many times that Morata was not, just picking his nose when Hazard <laughs> was trying to play a one-two to him? When Triad yeah, was trying I, to flick on? Like, like how? I, 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 I think it was like four times, four or five times. 
Mm-hmm. We See, pointed that out too. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about how maybe because of the mid block and how they were set up, a one-two was the only way that we could have successfully broken down Everton's high line. And yeah, you're right. Hazard does his. You know, Hazard likes to do the no-look flick. It's happened now for three seasons. He's not ever not tried that. Like, get your head in the game. Like that just goes also along with the five offsides he had. It's like I said, everybody just looked way too lax, way too just like indifferent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know this 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 result and the lack of like you said killer instinct is the difference between us and real contenders, which are Liverpool and, and City. And you mentioned sorry, looking at the tape and being like, William, you need to square it. How many like Napoli full on hundred percent sorry ball goals? are those square passes inside the box. Like, this is what Sarri wants. Like, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't get more Sarri than that. And I'm sure William's going to get an earful. Sarri definitely wants to score that that typical FIFA goal, doesn't he? Yeah. Break, down, break down one of the flanks, square it across the box, simple tap in. Um, I, I think the difference between Murata and Giroud goes back to that whole IQ debate that, that Christian alluded to. So, I mean, as 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 decent of a goal scorer as Murata is when he doesn't have to think. I have to point that out because when he has to think, he misses. Um, That instinctual goal-scoring ability that he has definitely outshines Giroud. That's a fact. He's going to get more goals than Olivier Giroud. But in terms of movement in and around the final third, and I'm not talking about inside the 18-yard box specifically. I'm talking about that area right in front of it. That is that's where Giroud makes his money, right? He loves he's a human wall pass. He loves playing those flicks yeah. to Hazard and running off of him. And you don't see that from Murata just because that's not a part of his game. Um, I don't think it's fair to say that oh Murata sucks because he didn't do that. But at the same time, you have to know your personnel. You got to know your teammates. You're in there. You're in there in training every single day with these guys. You got to know their tendencies and their movements and where they like the ball. And that doesn't go on Hazard. And and I know a lot of people are gonna say, well, you know, you have to make the same argument with Hazard. No, that, Hazard has a license to do whatever the fuck he wants in this system. That's a fact. And <laughs> uh, and Murata has to read it. And Murata has to has to work with Hazard to be that 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 robin to his batman essentially and the fact that you know he, he was so lethargic in terms of his movement all match long uh spoke volumes of his performance as a whole i mean i what was the offsides five or six times i think it was five if i'm not mistaking but you know it, 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 that's mm-hmm. lazy football to me that's completely lazy football and it's that's the irritating part with Murata because i think andres i think you alluded to it on our podcast was you know, he has all the all the tools to be this successful clinical striker, right? I mean, he he's quick. His movement inside of the box is great. He's good in the air. Um, he has great footwork. He could link up play, but at times he, he just switches off, and we get these small glimpses of what Morata could be for maybe ten or fifteen minutes of of a game, but we don't get it for that full ninety minutes. And he has to build on a small 10, 15-minute portions. I know he's seeing a sports psychologist. That news just broke out today. So I am kind of curious to see what you guys have to say about that because that's not something we got to mention on our podcast. Well, I know – I mean, I, I, I honestly, this is news to me. I did not know that he that uh, he is starting to see a sports psychologist. But and that's great. Uh, any, and this goes for sports and, without a, and outside of sports. Um Anybody, I'm a fan of anybody who recognizes um, 
the need for themselves to get better and going and being proactive and doing that. So, mm-hmm. you know, hats off to him. Hats off to anybody else that's doing that. I've personally done that in my life a few times. Um, but that's good. But I honestly, I don't I don't know what him and the sports psychologists are going to discuss. I really don't. But for me, the things that drive me crazy about Morata is I feel like there's times where he just lacks effort. And I don't know if a sports psychologist can fix that. He's an athlete. He's an 100% athlete. And I do think, yes, the problems that he has are between the ears. But for me, it's not so much missing. Like, I don't care if you miss 300 times in a game. I really don't. As long as you score... <laughs> one out of 300 and that one is leads us towards victory i'm fine i'm fine i really don't care how many times you miss i don't care how many times you're offside i don't if you are an animal doing everything possible hey i'm not scoring but you know what i'm running up and down the pitch left right and center i'm yelling i'm getting into the center backs the opposing center backs head i'm doing everything possible to help my team win i'm 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 aggressive i'm angry i'm doing everything and i don't see that from him i don't see that from him i don't see him doing all the little things that make up a complete game you know like yes he misses all right you know like he misses like you're gonna miss if you shoot you miss like you know who doesn't miss any shots me you know why because i'm not playing i don't take any shots you know what i'm saying like of course i'm not gonna miss. but if you're in it you're missing if you're shooting so like i don't like that doesn't do anything for me but like you gotta do like you know what i want him see him you know who i want him want to do you know fucking christian (laughs) Get your mouth working. Put the drink I, down, man. <laughs> bro, I got home from work today and I cracked open a bottle of proper 12. I started hitting the vape pen and, <laughs> and we here. So I'd much rather see Morata, uh, see like a, see a personal trainer to hit the fucking weight room so he could stop hitting the ground. That's what I wanted <laughs> to see as opposed oh to a sports God. psychologist. So, so talk to me, boys. Talk to me. Yeah. The the one thing I want to say, you were talking about the guy that, you know, isn't really scoring, but he's doing everything else uh, or he's offside all the time. I'm thinking of Luis Suarez for Barcelona right now. Uh, my cousin is a huge Barcelona fan, so I watch games with him here and there. The guy's consistently offside, but what you don't hear that because he – is got that mean spirit with him where he's bullying these center backs where he's helping his other teammates get like in the game like you don't realize that Suarez's goals numbers have been dwindling every single year for the five last years because he's doing the other work he's doing the assisting he's moving dragging defenders out of the way to make Messi score more or to help Messi set someone else up like that's the kind of work that I think you're alluding to and that's what you would want Morata to do because he can, uh, you know, m- make them quick runs, make the kind of fake off move to to add that space, but he just doesn't. And then in terms of falling to the ground, I blame that all on La Liga and the way they treat Real Madrid because he thinks he can come in here to the Premier League and talk to Mike Dean as if like he gives a 
fine fuck that Morata played for Real Madrid at some point. Like, nobody gives a damn. And if you keep falling, they're no, no longer going to call those real fouls. And that's honestly the reason that that Yeri Mina tackle, yep. literal tackle, did not become a penalty kick. So you, you, that's you, you put that on yourself for creating that stigma of, oh, I'm going to fall down at any sort of contact. And I, I, here's the thing is, you know, this news coming out of him seeing a, a, a psychologist, a sports psychologist, as great as it is for him, you know, recognize the need to better himself uh, between the years. It's this is some this is something that's been going on for the last two years. I mean, since he came to the club, essentially, he was even doing the same thing at Madrid. The fact that nobody has coached it out of him tells you pretty much everything you need to know about Alvaro Morata, the footballer. He's not as coachable as we think, is he? Because that's that's a simple that, that that's honestly a simple meeting in the coach's office. That's Maurizio Sarri pulling him aside and saying, "Hey, you got to cut this shit out. You have to stay on your feet. Otherwise, you're not going to get any calls." It, in one conversation, that problem should be solved. We saw something similar with Diego Costa, someone else that liked to go to ground a little too easy for my liking, but. When the game mattered and when Diego Costa knew that he wasn't going to get any more calls, he would cut that shit out. Maybe we'd see it for a half or maybe we'd see it for a 20 or 30 minute spurt. But then Diego Costa would have the the sense in his mind, hey, you know, they're not calling these fouls. Now I got to stay on my feet. Now I got to be a, just a little bit more aggressive because now I I could get away with that same aggression that the defender is using on me. And the fact that Morata is not using it to his advantage is the part that's irritating for me. He goes aground every single time, and refs know. And and and, and the sad part is, is we talked about it on our podcast. His teammates don't even have his back anymore when he approaches the referee. I remember when he first came to Chelsea. You know, all, all the players would bombard the referee after Morata didn't get a foul call, or you, you know, you would have Gary Cahill walk over. You'd have Aspi. Uh, I noticed Pedro and Cesc would do that because it, maybe it's that Spanish connection. But now you're starting. Starting to see teammates sort of not really back him up anymore. When was the last time you saw a Chelsea player fight uh, or, or argue with the ref or get in a referee's face about a call or an injustice towards Murata on the pitch? Because I, I, I honestly can't even think of one. And that's that's just that tells you the story of what at least his teammates think of him. It's it's ridiculous. It's belligerent. It's childish. He needs to cut it out. And you know, if he doesn't, we probably bring in a new striker in January. And uh, and if it continues throughout the end of the season, and he doesn't get us at least 15 goals, he's definitely gone in the summer. At, at least that's my hope. But as long as he's wearing that Chelsea shirt, I just want to make it clear: as long as he's wearing the Chelsea shirt, as long as he has the the badge on his chest, I'm going to support him no matter what. But I am allowed to criticize him because I have a podcast and I want to have any material without any criticism, right? I hear it's exactly how I feel. Like, I mean, just look at the play with the penalty, which it, it was a penalty. Yeri Mina brought yeah. him down. That was a penalty. He but, fell on top of him. Yeah. But, but I don't know if you guys caught this. When they got up, what was Morata doing? He didn't plead his case he was here laughing it up with Yerry Mina like oh my god I can't believe you brought me down are you kidding me like bro if that would have been Diego Costa you would have punched him in the face <laughs> yeah. punched him in the face would've given him the the Emery Chan stomp he would have punched him in the face yeah yeah uh, the game versus <laughs> Liverpool Emery Chan plays now where do, he's in Juventus 
Mm-hmm. He couldn't. Yeah. He wanted to get him far as far as possible away <laughs> from Diego Costa as possible, bro. But like, like he, like come on. And, and when 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 that happened, I don't think anybody went to Morata's defense. I I don't remember during the game seeing anybody run over there. Mm-hmm. Do you guys? I I don't remember. I no, think Zach is pointing out. It's just yeah. like everything just seems like oh he's in the ground again. All right, let's get back on defense because the whistle's not gonna blow. And it, it sucks that it, it it gets to that point, but you see it. You saw it with Neymar in the World Cup too. Like once you build that reputation, people pick up on it. But yeah, it's you would you hope that the sports psychologist will do it again. I think mental health is super important. I'm glad he's getting help, but like we've been alluding to, I think it's more of a tactical, like not about the the shooting thing. Like you said, if you shoot eight times but you score one, good. Like it's just. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of comparisons are drawn between Murata and Fernando Torres, right? Very similar in terms of actual skill set. But Fernando Torres was a trier, and I think that's the difference. I remember not hating on Fernando Torres as much because the dude would bust his ass. He'd put in a shift. He'd leave the pitch. His shorts would be muddy. His shirt would be pull, would be stretched out or torn. You know, he he got down and dirty. He did the dirty work. And, and when the game wasn't going for him in terms of goals, he was providing in other ways. He was pressing the back line, cutting off passing lanes, running into the channels to open up space for runners in behind. Morata is not doing any of that. And that's my issue is that you have to realize what the team tactic is. What do we have to do as a team to win? Is me sitting on the floor and complaining to the referee going to do anything tactically to give my team any sort of edge? Or should I get off my ass and, and affect the game in another way. The game where he scored two goals against Burnley, we talked about it on our podcast. It was a completely different Murata than we were used to seeing. Andres alluded to that, to the fact that he was muddy when he came off the field. We've never seen him get dirty like that. And it was nice to see because it had a little bit of edge. He showed that he wanted it. He showed that little bit of desire. And that's really all Chelsea fans need to get behind their players because generally, I mean, we're blessed. We have we have a pretty logical fan base for the most part compared to other English clubs. Um, <laughs> but 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 still, Tottenham uh, and Arsenal um, and Liverpool. Actually, fuck all of them. But you, you, you guys get my point. It's... It, it, it comes down to it comes down to being to, to, to having that self-awareness of, OK, I need to help my team. I need to get up. It's that simple. And the fact that we're three thousand miles away, at least I am all the way in Los Angeles, seeing it on TV and pointing it out. The fact that he's not watching his own game footage and watching his own performances through a microscope saying, hey, maybe I can improve on that, too, is just bewildering to me. Completely insane. I just don't I, I I mean it's exactly what you said like I just don't I don't I don't see how he doesn't how he doesn't realize it. I, there was a play during the game where he was on the floor. The ball didn't go out of bounds. The ball the game didn't stop and he was on the floor and inside inside our own uh, inside the, the the opponent's box right in front of right in front of Pickford and the ball still, and the game's still going on and he's on the floor like looking around. I'm like, get your ass up, bro. Like the play is still yeah. happening. Like we have a chance to score here. Get up. And he's very frustrating. And, and he, he is. I was talking to a friend of mine. Morata reminds us so much of Fernando Torres and so much of Diego Costa. And that's not a good thing. He reminds us so much of Fernando Torres that they're so similar. And he reminds us of Diego Costa because he shows us how different they are. 
they 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 are right now or or were for us you know mm-hmm. and that's not a good thing and and i do believe um we're probably going to be looking for another striker in the summer and this is not what i want i don't want this to be a trend for us i want a, we 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 have other needs we need to find a right winger um we have to find a way to keep Eden hazard and now to add on top of this we got to f- divide the budget up to find a striker and a striker that's not going to come cheap. You're not going to get any of the names that people are saying cheap. None. Uh, uh, Icardi, who, guys, let, let's take a second to talk about Icardi. I want, yes, yes, I want Icardi <laughs> to come to Central Bridge. Yes, of course. I want him to live at Chelsea. But I more so want Wanda Icardi. <laughs> as one of as one of the Chelsea wives, I have a major crush on that woman. I have a major crush on the woman. Hey, you're not a fan of Alice Campello or whatever her name is, Maratha's girl. She forces her guys to blow dry her hair, man. Watch out, watch out for Icardi's wife though, because if you become best friends with Icardi, she might jump ship and marry you. So that's not a problem. <laughs> that's not a problem. Icardi, Icardi's wife looks like an animal. She looks like an animal. And that's what I like. Morata's lady. I mean, she looks well and nice and all. Like she looks nice. She's not an animal. I like animals. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man jesus christ ah, where did this show go no anyway but like, <laughs> it's just like i don't i don't i don't want it to be going through this again and, and, and i was thinking about this today in any line of profession in any company you go to any of the management you say what would you rather have your current employee operating at the best they can do, bringing, you know, doing the best uh, to, to raise profits and revenues for the company or to be searching for that employee. They're going to say, I'd rather have what, what I got here working the right. best they can because you already got it. It's in-house as opposed to let's just say we break the bank for Icardi. He's still a human being. He, we don't know if he's going to work in sorry system. And that goes the same way. Any, we could bring Lionel Messi. We still don't know how Lionel Messi is going to be in sorry system. Ronaldo, whoever. You can put whatever name you want and how great their resume may be. We still don't know how that person is going to gel with our team. We don't. So I'd much rather have Morata balling and being the man that his talents say says that he can be versus not versus searching for that man that fits our system. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I much yeah. rather have it, but it's not it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. At least right right from now. And I'm a fan of Morata. I want him to come good. But I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think maybe and and you made a good point, like you know, you're splitting the cost. Like maybe this is the reason why we still don't have a new right winger. Because we've had to focus so much on getting a new striker again and again and again. Like, you you make that point, like, you know, after Costa left, we cashed out on Morata more than we probably should have paid for him. And we weren't able to get somebody else on the right wing because we're like, okay, we just dropped a lot of cash on this guy. So now we just wait. But, um yeah, like uh, if you get another striker, then once again, that's another year you add to the to Pedro and Williams' age because they're not going to go anywhere because we're not going to buy another high-profile right winger if we spend our money elsewhere. So 
we need to get it right eventually. And if whoever comes next, I just want them to have that grit and that like mean spirit. Because if you look at Chelsea's history, Diego Costa, Drogba, like these are dudes that don't take shit from anyone. And that's what's made them so successful at Chelsea. So I think that that mentality is super important on whoever comes through that door next. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Um, let me, I want to bring, before we get to Tottenham, which is going to be our, our next match. What was it? 24th Saturday, next Saturday, next Saturday, mm-hmm. after the international break, the, the 10,000th international break that we've had after the world cup, you figure after the world cup, we don't need another international break. Here we go again. Guess what? Another international break, another opportunity for our Belgian player, uh, to, to, to raise speculation that he's going to Real Madrid. Every international break is a fire hose of reports and stories. That that's it. This is the weekend. Eden Hazard signs for Real Madrid. I, I'm I'm tired of these international breaks. But let me kick let me kick back. Let me kick an idea out to you. I was in a group chat. I've been you know with my boys on a group chat, and I brought up the idea of a bootleg number eight, and that man is William. William. Do you guys think back to the Man City game, the first game that Matic came, and think back to the job that William did, um, William and Matic did to Yaya Torre. They completely neutralized Man City's midfield. In a game like Everton, what do you guys think of moving William to that left-hand side, to the number eight role? I know it's going to mean to take off Kovacic or God help us, but to take off Conte and put Kovacic over there, whatever the idea may be. But putting William in the number eight role, is it crazy or is there something there? And I'm not talking about permanent. I'm not talking about permanent. I'm talking about in a match where we can't break down this team and we put William there. What do you guys think about that? Zach, See, I'll think, let you go first. I, I think the thing with Sari's uh, formation and the way he has it designed is that when we are in attack, we, our, our formation is very fluid and, and it changes quite often. So I, you would think it's a 4-3-3, 24-7, and that's not the case. Oftentimes, N'Golo Conte sometimes drops back next to Jorginho. It kind of looks like a 4-2-3-1, like like, kind of like the Mourinho days. Um, sometimes the left-hand side almost becomes a second striker and that right winger tucks in right behind. And sometimes it looks like a four, three, two, one, um, William at the number eight for me though, I'm not a hundred percent sold on it just because I think we have a ton of talent in that midfield that we're still struggling to find use for. I mean, Loftus-Cheek has hardly played any premier league minutes for us. We all know that he's a proper premier league player. Uh, Ross Barkley's still struggling to get into the starting lineup consistently. Um, guys like Kovacic are coming in and, and putting in great shifts. For Sarri Ball, ideally, you want your number eight to be robust. You want him to be able to play both sides of the pitch. You want him to be able to be that sort of box-to-box midfielder that can chase down a runner 30 or 40 yards, make a tackle, but also um, make those late runs into the box and break up play higher up the pitch as well. And I just don't see William doing doing that. Um, maybe as a number ten, 
possibly playing as that more attacking midfield role if we get really, really desperate. But see, the thing for me is still, I mean, we, we talked about the fact that William couldn't make that pass to Murata or That's didn't make true. that pass to Murata. If he is going to tuck in and play that number eight or number 10 role, hypothetically speaking, are we really going to be able to trust him in making that pass compared to guys like Kovacic or guys like Ross Barkley who do have better decision-making when they're on the ball? That's true. That's true. It's just, I don't know, like, I look at him in... I, you know what it is? The, the idea came up. I see David Silva, David Silva, and I, I don't know what position he plays. I, <laughs> I, I literally don't know what position he plays. Is he a winger? Is he a midfielder? Is he a stri- who? What the hell position does he play? He's the dude's everywhere, and he's so goddamn offensive. And I just look at Willie, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, Is it possible? Because I, I, Kovacic, Kovacic and Kante are very similar when they get to the final third. They do different things, yes, yes. Their skill sets are 100% different. But when we get to the final third, Kovacic isn't offensive. As of right now, he isn't. And neither is Conte right now or ever. And, I don't, and I'm, not all, I'm not one of these guys that are like, oh, I need Conte. I need him substituted or, or something because we need somebody else. I'm not that guy because he, his job is to win the ball back high up the pitch. And that's what he does beautifully. So, so here's my take on it, and I understand where you're coming from when seeing David Silva. Um, and I mentioned this in our pod too, is William likes to play waiting for the ball to come to him. And so he's going to wait to get the ball to feet. So that movement that you're talking about where David Silva is the furthest forward player and making a run in behind or he's getting in for a cross, like that's not something that I think William would do based on his like just the way he thinks he needs to move with the ball. Like, I do get your point of, like, you get a more slender guy who is going to kind of can do the dribbling, can do the passing, mm-hmm. and then can do the finishing. I think that's where you can think of more of the Mason Mount kind of fit where mm-hmm. that kid can go all over the place. And maybe we can look into that for next season. Uh, but, yeah, with William, that's why – that's my itch against playing William and Hazard at the same time too. If you put them both on that left side, all we're going to see is – one of them hold the ball and the other one just stare at him waiting for him to pass the ball to him. And so I, I don't see it. That's why I'm such a like champion to have Pedro at the right wing because that's what Pedro does. That guy will work tirelessly for his teammates whether he gets the ball or not. And that's what David Silva then does for Man City playing that left center mid role where he's told go out and find the space and he's making that run past Leroy Sané or he's making uh, – a short showing to to Sané to make a wall pass, or next thing you know, he's running into the box for a cross. Like that flexibility comes from a guy that's willing to do the work for another person. While William likes to get the ball to his feet and play, like I mentioned in ours, it's like a ISO ball. Like you get the ball to him, everyone else is just kind of waiting for him to make his move. He usually takes a chance to go back and do it again and do it again before he finally decides it's time to pass it. So I think it'll only slow down the play. Uh, but I do get what you're saying to get that kind of like non-typical uh, attacking left center mid. And in my head, that's what Mason Mount could provide in the future. I just don't think William is that guy. But but I see what you're saying in the mold of the David Silva role that City plays. We also have Pep, Pep's system is essentially positionless when they're in possession. Players are going everywhere on the field. Nobody, nobody except really Fernandinho and Kevin De Bruyne um, or everybody except Fernandinho and, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne um, 
are pretty much fluid. They move in and around the pitch. They find that space like Andres was talking about. I think with Maurizio Sarri's system and Sarri ball, it's a little different. Our, our, our wing backs push high up the pitch and our midfield stays ex- in the center of the field. They don't move. Um, yeah, they, they might change positions. You know, Kovacic might slide over to the right, Conte to the left, vice versa. Jorginho may push up at times. I mean, that's normal. But in general, that midfield three pretty much stays solid in the middle of the pitch because when we do lose the ball, that's our first line of defense. Our midfielders are the ones pressing. That's why N'Golo Conte is positioned so high up the pitch. Now, the fluidity comes in with our front three. Actually, technically a front four if you want to count Marcus Alonso. Um, that, that front three is supposed to, is supposed to run into the channels They're supposed to overlap, make inverted runs, diagonal runs all, all in and around the final third. And, you know, when that doesn't happen, I think it becomes, I think it becomes a glaring weakness. And a lot of people tend to blame the midfield because, Hey, how come, how, how come they're not getting any supply? How, how come the front three is not getting the ball? Well, you know, we have Hazard playing on the left. You got William playing on the right, two guys that like the ball to feet. Two guys that don't really like to play off the ball. And then you got guys like Alvaro Morata who can't really do much with the ball. Um, it, 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 look, it, it looks a lot worse than it actually is. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Now, um, uh, Christian, you talked about, you know, I'm not one of the guys that would take N'Golo Conte off the pitch, um, you know, in general. Well, I'm not either. But I think, you know, in a match like the Everton match, the guy was on a booking. We were going to have the ball for most of the game. If we needed uh, a- another ball-playing traditional midfielder on the pitch in any match, it was last match. And I was actually shocked when Fabregas came off for Jorginho. I mean, it made sense. Jorginho did play the 90 in Bate, but I would have taken off N'Golo Conte and thrown on Ross Barkley next to Kovacic. And now we have another ball-playing midfielder, someone that could keep the ball in possession, that could keep the ball moving quickly, but could also make that run into the box and open up spaces for our front three to be just that much more fluid. And uh, and we talked about it on our last podcast. It has to be Pedro on that right wing. Yeah. Because that guy makes the perfect runs at the perfect times, and he's probably our best natural finisher on the team. And, and, and guys like Kovacic... Uh, guys like Jorginho, they can't really pick out that long ball when Williams on the pitch because he's not making that run in in beyond uh, uh, the opposition's back line. He's not he's not peeling off the back shoulder of one of the opposition center halves. You know, it's Pedro who's doing that. So if Pedro's in the game, I th- I feel like we see a lot more fluidity in terms of in terms of the way we move the ball and the way we create chances. But when we have Williams stuck on that right side and we have Kovacic stuck in the middle, it just seems like. They're both on completely different pages. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You guys are right. Um, and you bring up... See, I come at I come at the issue more so... Yes, of course, we have transfer windows coming up. Of course, we can bring in a guy that's going to perfectly fit the right wing. You know, we can, we can find guys to fill holes in the future. What are we doing right now to solve mm-hmm. our problems? And... It was just one of those things where I'm like, I'm watching the Man City match, and I'm like, fuck, like, we definitely, on these games where, like, the Everton game, um, what was it, well, the West Ham game, eh, not necessarily the West Ham game, but you know what the games I'm to- talking about, where we're playing a lower competition, and these guys just sit in front of the goal, and they don't, and they don't move, you know, and they just very congested, like, if we can only get another dude in there that's creative, that makes us more fluid up front, 
and I'm watching Man City, and and I don't know who plays what. Like I, I, it's like, yeah. Of course we know Aguero is a striker, but then what? Like they're all going everywhere. I, and even Aguero is a striker. You sure he's a striker? Because he's. <laughs> I see him coming in from the right. I see him coming in from the left. Like I even saw him come out of the stands. Like I, I see the dude everywhere. Like David <laughs> Silva, the same thing. Like he plays in the midfield, but the dude has to be like five foot five. Like he's small. Like. And he's in the midfield, it, like, it, but he's everywhere. Raheem Sterling everywhere. They're all everywhere. Mares everywhere. They, I, I, I don't know. So I, I'm looking at him like, why? We have, yes, we have an abundance of midfielders, but we have Pedro Hazard and William, and I just feel like there's time. There, there are most creative players. Like, there's times that wouldn't be a bad thing to have all three of them on the pitch. And a striker. You know what I'm saying? So how can we make that work in these games where these assholes just fucking clog up everything and they don't they they're not they're not open. They just sit down deep and low and they don't you know they don't open up for us and make our life easier for the us to score on them and get the three points. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I'm looking yeah. at. Like what can we do now? Not in the future. Yeah. What can we do now? And it was just you know, it's a spitball idea, like what the fuck? Like I'm trying I, here. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I think I think Loftus Cheek is a guy that could maybe do that. Hey. Like, it, 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 yeah, that's, that's Zach's boy. guy. But uh, <laughs> Loftus Cheek, like you saw him. Yes, it's against your lower European competition, but he did it at Palace when he was healthy too. The guy knows how to like dribble and use his body well at the same time, and he's not afraid to try to split a defense. So yeah, I'm I I get what you're saying with City. Uh, in their midfield, I feel like Fernandinho is just kind of like if we played where Conte is the base of the midfield and his job is just to clean up the mess, which is what Fernandinho does at City. I think maybe that's what we could do. But it, under Sari, I understand that you have a Regista, not a defensive center mid at the base. So it kind of complicates the idea of putting that. But yeah, and these teams that sit low, I agree. Conte may not be needed. And if you have Kovacic on one side who does find, like, has a good eye for a pass. But then on the other side, you have Loftus-Cheek, who brings in some size for crosses. He also is quick, is willing to dribble, is willing to do the one-twos, willing to make the runs off the ball. He is going to be the one that can maybe get that piercing run in. Um, I think Barkley's still kind of working on it. Barkley, what he would bring is a is that deep shot, like that far from distance shot that he's he more of a late runner isn't he? He, yeah. he makes those late runs into the box where Loftus Cheek is the one that's going to be running into the channels opening up space for Ross Barkley to run into yeah, yeah exactly exactly so those two obviously haven't quite figured out how to play together when they're the two uh midfielders around the Regista but maybe like like you said maybe Conte can come off with 30 minutes left if we're chasing a goal against a low block because at that point those people are playing for the tie they're not going to try to score with just 20 minutes left. They've worked their asses off for 70 minutes to not let us score. They're not going to magically become an open side that's trying to get a goal. So I, I think that you always have to have Conte to start. Like I, To me, that's a non yeah. – like you don't think about that. But as the game grows and, and you see what you need to make a change of, I'm with you. I think you should feel comfortable taking Conte out in the final 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, I just want to get that straight. I was not advocating for N'Golo Kante not to start. <laughs> I think he should start every match. But yeah, if we're chasing a match, you have to 
you have to be able to identify what the other team is going to do. If we're ever playing Huddersfield and we need a goal in the last 20 minutes, are we really going to pull off Jorginho and bring on Fabregas as our resolution? Or are we going to pull off a guy like N'Golo Conte and bring in a Ruben Loftus-Cheek or a Ross Barkley to fill that gap? I think that's basically what it comes down to. And and plus, just something else to add. I feel like you know we do talk about how fluid Pep's system is and how great Man City looked last weekend and whatnot, so on and so forth. Let's keep in mind that this team has also been together. They're on their third year running, and we're on, what is it, month number five, two or three? Not um and, and 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 sorry had maybe yeah. four days of preseason to work with three quarters of a squad so i mean when you're really looking at it we're exceeding every expectation beyond our wildest dreams right now a good season for us would have been champions league and as of right now it looks like we're going to get that without a real issue and that we could possibly sneak in as an as an underdog for a potential title run who knows but again this sorry ball he doesn't have any of his players that he technically needs yet. He only really brought in Jorginho um, and, and Kovacic, which we don't really know if Kovacic was his call or not. Um, but again, we bring in that striker that we need. We bring in that right winger that we need to fit the mold of Sari Ball. We bring in a, possibly another center half, and we start the mold Loftus-Cheek and, and, and Ross Barkley to the system. I think in a year or two, we are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think we'll be looked at in a similar fashion to Man City as that elite possession, We if you score five, we'll score six type of team. Yeah. I, well, to your from your mouth to the soccer gods ears bro like i i believe it i believe this team is so close to being elite it's not it would be a crime not to go um and put everything into becoming elite it we're right there we're one two guys away from becoming elite it's so close we are so close um so i guess since we're on the roster and we have tottenham coming up What's your predicted 11? What are the 11 guys you want to see against the the shit stain against the the fucking worst of the worst Tottenham Hotspur? What first of all, what the hell, why is there a chicken standing on a ball? Why? What does that mean? <laughs> because they're a bunch of cocks. I, okay, but even then, like even then, why is the chicken standing on top of the ball? Like I've never, I live in Miami Dade County. There is a million chickens everywhere I go. Chickens everywhere. I've never seen a chicken standing on top of the ball. If anybody has seen a chicken, it would be have seen a chicken standing on top of a ball. It's me. I've never seen one. I've never seen a chicken on top of a ball. So where do they pull this from? Might have been the owners, you know, back when the Beatles were playing on some sort of drugs. Th- thought he saw that. He had the money, started a football club. Obviously not great. <laughs> Hasn't been that successful, at least in recent times. So who knows, man? That That is a, the weirdest crest to me, too. But, um, <laughs> I, yeah, no no comment on that crest. Yeah, I, I don't know. So... I mean, uh, I think every, everything about them makes me sick. I mean, uh, when I saw them last March, I just had to go to the one match where we would blow a 27 year home win streak against Tottenham Hotspur. Just ugh. do me a favor. Next time um, from here on out, never go to a Tottenham game when they're playing at Stanford <laughs> Bridge. Just do me a favor. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, so provided that knock on wood. That there's no injuries during the international break. 
do you guys see any any changes in our in our starting eleven? Um, I don't see any changes to our back five. I think that's yep. set in stone. Um, our midfield three, I also see unchanged: Conte, Kovacic, and uh, Jorginho. I think our front three will change. Hazard left wing. That's every week. But I think you'll see Giroud and Pedro. Um, mm. My reasoning for the midfield not changing is because we need to keep a close eye on Erickson. If you even give that guy like three seconds of freedom, he will find the killer pass. Um, I think our defense that scares will... me the most off of that team. Out of yeah. anybody, it's Erickson. Because he's the one that's orchestrating. Like I know he hasn't scored much recently, but at the end of the day, he's the one that's providing everything to Kane, uh, to Lamella, to Mora. But then on mm. our offensive side, I think, for one, the defense at Tottenham, those are big dudes. Like They're physical guys. You got Toby Aldevaro, you got Jan Vertonghen, you got Davidson Sanchez. I don't they know. Have no Dembele, so Dyer will probably play in the midfield. Yeah, they more want might have Dyer there too. Like, yeah. These these dudes are bruisers. Like Morata might not be the guy to start this game um, because of that reason. And then on the other end, Pedro, like I said in, earlier, he just makes all these runs to to open up space for the others that I think are so important to a like to a very stably set up team. Um, I think that with Pedro being patient to get that ball and still making those runs, he can exploit the spaces behind. Uh, Davis and uh, Trippier whenever they go up. So uh, that's why I think those will be the, I guess, the the two changes to the the starting 11. Zach, what do you got for me? Uh, I think Kovacic starts in the midfield. If it's my choice, Kovacic still starts in the midfield. We just need that possession. We need to be able to control this game. Uh, Wembley's a huge pitch. I think if we ping the ball around long enough, by around the hour mark, the other team will start to get a little bit tired, hopefully. Um, Giroud has to start up top for the same reason that Andres just said. Um, and then you got to have Pedro playing off off on off on the right side. Um, we need that attacking threat. We need somebody that's going to be able to open up that space for Hazard to operate right behind the striker. And uh, what better guy to do it than Pedro on our roster right now? So... Um, hopefully we could make something happen against them. I mean, they are a team that uh, is struggling a little bit this season. They've seemed to reach some sort of form, thanks to Lamella and, and Lucas Mora as of late. I think those are the two guys that we need to worry about more than anything. Um, Harry Kane looks pretty knackered, if you ask me. He, just, he, he looks tired. He doesn't look like he's 100% fit. Um, but then you got guys like Lucas Mora and Lamella, like I was just saying, who have hit this run of form. They're scoring goals. Their movement seems to be great. Pochettino has his ideas uh, firmly embedded in their heads by now. And uh, if we can nullify those two guys and, and force them to only really have one outlet of attack in Harry Kane, I think we should be okay in this game. Yeah. I um, I honestly, I it sounds cocky. It sounds delusional, but I think... I think we go we we get 3 points here. I think we remain unbeaten until December 8th. I think December 8th we play Manchester City and that's the game that that really means something. I think we go and we get it done against Tottenham. I don't see I just don't I don't fear anybody. I don't fear I don't fear anybody. It's Manchester City 
Only. Only. Tottenham. Oh, I mean, I don't. Bro, they don't. This is one thing, like, I hear the Tottenham fans, like, bro, they're experiencing the golden generation for them, right? But then you have a stadium that is over budget. How are they going to supplement that? Harry Kane is gone. Harry Kane is an asset that you can get a hundred and something million dollars for. Dude's out the win. He's gone this summer coming up. I think Poch is gone too. Pochettino's yeah. gone as well. Pochettino's gone as well. Pochettino concerns me a lot. Pochettino... And Roberto Mar- uh, Martinez concerned me a lot when it comes to the Real Madrid job and d- stealing Eden Hazard. They concerned me a lot, especially Martinez. But Pochettino the same. Um, d- what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? They're gonna have they have to sell Harry Kane to, s- to supplement some of the budget for th- for the stadium. Um, who else are they gonna sell? Deli Ali they could sell to. He's English, young, and popular. So you could sell them for close to a hundred. I think I think the two guys on that squad where you could get the most money for and logically is is Christian Eriksen and Harry Kane. One because I don't I don't think Dele Alli has set the world alight since his breakout season or two a, a few years back. What was it in in fourteen fifteen or fifteen sixteen? I can't remember, but uh, he just doesn't seem like 15, he's the same 16. player. He just doesn't seem like he's the same player for me as he once was. I mean, this is a guy that everyone was saying, oh, he might be England's best midfielder. And now he could probably barely get into the squad, if you ask me. I mean, I I don't really rate him as much as I used to. And then you got Christian Eriksen, on the other hand, who just – he would be perfect for a Barcelona or a Real Madrid or one of those bigger clubs. Um, and then Harry Kane, obviously, a future Real Madrid striker himself – Look, the bottom line is those guys are going to be there on the 24th, and and, and we have to be up. (laughs) We we, we, we have to be up for that match, um, especially after the embarrassment that happened last year. Um, So, you know, we talked about it on our podcast a little bit about what we need to do to stop them. But I think the more important thing is what we need to do to score goals because right now we look like we can't really score against the, uh, against the tight organized defense. And it, the proof was in the pudding against Everton. But is something about this team that we always manage. We never are asleep. Well, I shouldn't say that either, but when it's big games, we always turn up for the big games. It's, it's a London Derby for sure. Yeah. The, the guys want to beat them. And Especially as well after last year, yeah, especially after that. But I think another thing to touch on is these guys, um, you know, Tottenham may be defensively sound at, at times if we slow the ball down. But those guys want to score on us just as much as we want to score on them. So I think it'll look a lot more like the Liverpool games did, where it's going to be a lot more back and forth. Like, I don't see it being like the Everton game where Everton came to get the tie. Like, Tottenham wants to come and win. Like, they are one point behind us. Like a tie to them doesn't help them at all. They're trying to climb up the table. And I think that's where it benefits us, actually. Like I, in my head, this is a 2-0 victory for Chelsea. Um, I don't think it's going to be a pretty 2-0 win. By no means do I think we'll dominate. But I think that, you know, we will take the chances when they come. And uh, I think we'll be – I think Conte is going to do a good job to, to kind of cut off that supply line. So – uh, I, I'll see. I see it being buried back and forth, and I see it with us coming out on top. See, I, sorry tends to do this thing. I mean, when we played Liverpool, it was on display more than any other game. But 
against a team that does have a counter-attacking threat like Tottenham does, um, now that they have the pace of Moore and Lamella out wide, obviously we know what Harry Kane brings to the table. Um, we, we see Maurizio Sarri sort of back off of the other team for maybe 10 or 15 minute spurts of the match just to sort of solidify the back line, make sure that they can't penetrate us, and then we build our attack from our defense. And and that's something that he's been talking about a lot. He always he always alludes to this defensive phase. I'm using my air quotes about how we need to improve in the defensive phase of 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 sorry bond, the sorry philosophy. And against Liverpool, that's exactly what we did. We were on top of them for about 15-20 minutes and then they came on then they came on to us. And then it was just this game of back and forth. I think Tottenham's going to be very very similar to that. But at the same time, something Tottenham could do better than Liverpool is control the tempo of the game. And they have that in Christian Eriksen, a guy that can drop deep and sort of play in that Jorginho role. But he could also also push forward and and and, and create that spark um, in the attack. Um, I think I think it is going to be back and forth. I don't, not like Andres. I don't think it's going to be a two nil. Um, I think it's going to be 2-1. I think I think they do get a goal on us. I think it's going to be a cheap goal. I think they're going to celebrate like they won the fucking Champions League like they always do. But then we're going to come back. Alonso's going to get his double like he normally does at Wembley. And then we'll all go home happy. I, I think I honestly believe uh, this is an – I don't I, – I want to see – I sound cocky as hell saying it. But I, I think this is an, an easier victory than – than um than we we we're anticipating. I I don't know why. I don't know why. I think I think we're looking yeah, at I hope something. You're right. I th- I think we're looking at something where we jump out on them quick, um, and we just you know grab the game by the back of the neck and secure the victory from from the beginning. I I, I we can't we can't go into this game. This is a big ass game. We can't go into this game just you know. Sitting back and waiting for to counterpunch, waiting to 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 react to Tottenham. The boys are gonna come out and they're gonna put foot to neck early, early into the match. I hope, mm-hmm. and 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 seal our three points from the jump. Um, provided that Erickson doesn't unleash that foot of his from a mile out and score a bomb on us like he did, he did last year. Jesus Christ, that guy scares me. Out of all of them, I had me the I most. had the I had a the most insane angle on that shot um, when I went to the when I went to the match last year. And good God, what a what a what a hit! But it had to be a Spurs player to do that. Does what? See, why couldn't it be like another another? Uh, what was that? Who's that really ugly ass dude that played for St- Charlie Adam? Charlie Adams when he hit he, he see, he's another that, one. He hit it from the tunnel all yeah, the way see? from the parking lot. The why why couldn't it be just another like no name like you know uh, crappy footballer like Charlie Adam? Who was the other guy that that uh, that scored a hat trick on us? He used to play for Everton. Uh, oh, the blonde guy was at Goodison Park. Yeah. Men and Blazers always talk about him. What's his name? It's driving me nuts now. Well, we but anyways, the five three victory at Goodison Park. Yeah. See, the see like, it can't. It it, it had to be Erickson. I, that was just my problem. It had to be the one day I go to. I'm still salty about it. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, boys, um, it is twelve forty three in the morning, and your boys <laughs> gotta get up early to edit this podcast and have it out. Um. 
how can how can the people find you? How can the people find reach out to you on Twitter and listen to your podcast? Explain to the millions and billions of people listening to the All American Chelsea podcast right now how everybody can rush and uh, like furiously, feverishly type into their search bar and find your podcast. Um, well, you can follow us on Twitter for starters. Uh, our, our Twitter handle is at Romans Empire Pod, um, just like the real Romans Empire. So at Romans Empire Pod would be the best way to, to reach out to us. We do have a lot of Twitter interaction. I try to respond to uh, to everybody I possibly can. But uh, also go give our podcast a listen. We're on we're on pretty much every platform, iTunes. Um, we are uh, we're on every third party app if you have Android. Um, make sure you download our podcast, and, and if you have trouble searching us, just uh, type in Roman's Empire, a Chelsea FC podcast. That would be the best way to get to us. Give us a listen. Let us know what you guys think, and uh, hopefully we could do more of these collabs in the future. It was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate you having us on. Uh, anytime, my man. Anytime. Uh, Andres, talk to me. Yeah. Yes, sir. So obviously part of the Roman's Empire pod, my Twitter handle is that I, where I talk Chelsea is still – uh, at SS Blues Pod, it's a Star Spangled Blues page. Uh, for some reason, somebody owns just SS Blues, so I can't drop the pod. Still trying to figure out a way around that, but yeah, that's the my Twitter. Um, I'm on there at least once a day, trying to interact with people. So if you have questions, if you have any comments, I'll most likely be chatting you back. So um, yeah, give us a, a follow on Romans Empire Pod. Send us questions. We want to talk about things you guys want to listen oh, to. So yeah, we do. Okay, so I got a question for you, Andres, and only you can answer this. <laughs> okay. Who invented the arepa? Colombians Us. or Venezuelans? Us. Easily <laughs> Venezuelans. That is, <laughs> you live in Miami, you know the better arepa place is the Venezuelan place. Like, easily. It's, that is not even a question. It is insulting that that's still a debate. This is my favorite, my favorite, my favorite. Okay, so here we go. Now the best. This is even even a bigger battle. A bigger <laughs> battle is who has the prettier women, Colombia or Venezuela? I mean, if you if you go off of a solid stat of Miss Universes, I think we still might have the edge. <laughs> so hey, I'm gonna stick to my guns and say we still do. <laughs> oh my God! Few things in life. There are few things in life than answering that battle which is better. <laughs> so, boys, this was uh this was awesome. You guys are more than welcome to come on any single time you want. The key is under the mat. You already know it's there. Lift up the mat, take out the key, and you're more than welcome, man. You guys are more than welcome. It was a pleasure. I love it. Likewise, man. Really good talking to you. All Appreciate right. it, Christian. All right, so that's the end of the interview. All right, everybody. All right. Um that was Andres and Zach from Roman's Empire uh, podcast. Please, if you guys haven't heard their podcast, go and check it out. Phenomenal content. Um, and they're part of the family. They're part of the family. Anybody with, that's, uh, that's within the family, um, within the Chelsea family, is our family. And that's how I feel. Please go out, support any Chelsea content. Go out and support it. Like it. Subscribe. Do what you got to do. Spread the word. They're part of our, you know, they're members of our family. Listen, not everybody's going to like 
Nini. Not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to like the boys at 100% Chelsea. Not everybody's going to like whoever and this person and that person and this Twitter handle and that Instagram account. Not everybody's going to like everything. However, they're part of our family. So you may not like them, but don't dismiss if you don't like this content creator. Don't dismiss all content creators because you don't like one. Check them all out. Check them all out. There's, it's still part of the family. And oh, you might, and you recommend this guy's content or that person's content or that channel or that account or whatever. And you recommend it and you suggest it to somebody else. Hey, have you seen this Twitter handle? Hey, have you seen this Instagram account? Hey, have you seen this YouTube video? And they like it. And then they, that person explores and checks out other content creators. And then it just keeps going from there. And then they discover this person and this Chelsea channel. And it keeps going from there. And rising, you know, I'm a firm believer that a rising tide lifts all boats. I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, it's only going to benefit everybody. It's only going to benefit everybody. So that's it. That's all I got for this podcast. I have um, a few podcasts lined up already for the Tottenham game. Um, that's going to be a big game. That's going to be a big game. Anytime we play the assholes, the, the fucking shit stain from the lane, um, it's a big game no matter what. So, you know, we're going to be looking forward to that. That is Saturday, which Saturday here in, that's right. So next Thursday, the 22nd is Thanksgiving here in the United States. I don't know if it, I can't, no, Thanksgiving, I doubt, is celebrated worldwide. That's an American holiday. That's an American holiday, right? I can't imagine that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that the rest of the world can't celebrate Thanksgiving. Of course, there, you know, other people have everything to be thankful for, but I, I, I would, it just seems to me that Thanksgiving is an American holiday. Just like Boxing Day. Boxing Day is not an American is not an American holiday. However, can, it's a Canadian holiday. And they don't we don't we don't celebrate Boxing Day here, but I do. I make sure to celebrate and call my Canadian friends, my Canadian best friends, call them on Boxing Day and wish them happy Boxing Day. So, we have the game on the 24th. Uh, after Thanksgiving, that's a holiday weekend. Um, so I'll be back. I'll be back, uh, after that game leading up to the game. Um, I got some big podcasts lined up in December and we're just going to keep rolling. I got my website going. Um, I'm going to be doing a photo shoot for my website. It's going to be pretty dope coming up in December. I got that. A lot of things are happening. A lot of things are happening. You want to sit down, relax, take a second off, or better yet, sit down, strap in, because a lot of shit is happening around here. A lot of things are happening. So that's all I got for this week. Again, everybody, uh, please check out the Romans Empire podcast. Their Twitter handle is Romans Empire Pod. Um, that's where you're going to find Zach, Andres, he is at Star Spangled Blues, which is SS Blues underscore CFC. Um, you know, follow them. 
listen to their podcast. Uh, it's great, man. It's really great. It's really great. Uh, what else do I got? That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got for this week. Um, as always, I love each and every single one of you guys. Um, thank you to anybody. I, I recently hit 500 subscribers on Twitter. I'm still trying to figure out this Twitter shit. Uh, I'm a more of an Instagram guy. Like I said, even though my Instagram for all American Chelsea really has, I haven't put any thought into it at all, but I feel like, like to me, Twitter is a puzzle and I'm like stuck on trying to figure out this goddamn puzzle. So once I figure out this puzzle, I mean, I'm also side by side working on Twitter too, but it's, I'm, it's, I'm putting all my energy into Twitter. Um, but either way, thank you to everybody, uh, that's reached out. Thank you to all my listeners. Thank you to everybody. Please like, and subscribe, um, leave a review on all the podcasting platforms. It helps out a lot. It helps out with, uh, new people who haven't heard from you. I haven't heard your recommendation recommendation about this podcast and other podcasts. It helps, um, new people find your podcast when they go into the various different podcasting platforms and they search for it. It helps out there. Um, I got a few things. Listen guys, I'm going to be doing something. I think I'm, I'm playing around with the idea of a show, a little 15 minute show weekly show on Twitter on Periscope and I'm going to live it, uh, live stream it on Instagram as well. Tell me what you guys think about that. I haven't, I, I've got the bones down, but I, I need to start filling it in. Tell me what you guys, tell me what you guys think about that. Um, let's play around with coming up with a name for it. So that's all I got for this week. Guys, I love each and every single one of you. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll talk again soon. Please, if you're not following me on Twitter, All American, Ch All -American CFC uh, on Twitter. And it's All American Chelsea on Instagram. And soon it's going to be allamericanchelsea.com. Uh, and that's it for this week. I, again, got to stop rambling. I love you. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk again soon. Love you guys. Big kiss. Put the bread on the bitch. Bitch, you bet on my bacon. Big and flat in the bacon. I might just roll out today. I might just roll out to Vegas. Head back to my old ways. Cop a roof in the Asia hose and you blow all day. Look at me, baby. Look at me, baby. Don't I look like a million? I'm about to clean out the safe. Don't I look like somebody that just be body and everything? All that talking is great, but I don't be talking. I air it out. All the problems have gotten easy to bury. I'd rather drown him in Hendrix. I'd rather kiss on my Mary. I've been broke away longer than I've been rich. So until it levels out, I'ma take your mama to the Marriott and wear it out. Took me so long to get it, gonna spread it out. Let them know all about me when I'm dead and gone. One in the hand, one in the bag, bubba. One in the hand, one in the bag, bubba. Look at the cash, look at the cash, bubba. Look at the cash, bubba. One in the hand, one in the hand. One in the hand, one in the bag, bubba. Look at the cash, look at the cash, bubba. Look at the cash, bubba. Yeah.
I'm in it all the fashion you give me All the hot sauce, all the pie you can give me Better be all in that, don't have me in the middle You better be all you can get high in the minute Super fly for the dumbos, plenty slides like a shuffle Hit the cadence on my young bitch Isaac Hayes, Billy Ocean, about the old hoe with the case thing Let my slippers at the function It's hard to run in Gucci slides She got that you say you didn't have a husband I'm a stud, no cuckoo Jackie Chan, no trouble Can't clean it with the beat Blood dripping from the cutthroats No, Lord, not me I can never be the one you want to stuff for Money, money, that machine Guns for the fair, got my stove R.I.P. the times that I was broke Acting like a 9-11 folks Mad back, lick it clean I'm a local, cooking up canard, yeah. waiting for the antidote, uh. running out of time, patience dinner, dinner, penny hoe. Bro, we gotta be a I don't do that. In my prison, you know what I tell you? Get over here. Huh. He's gonna get there. Stay up, fuck out of it! Whoa. One in the hand, one in the bag, bubba. One in the hand, one in the bag, bubba. Look at the cash, look at the cash, bubba. Look at the cash, Bubbly. Look at the cash, look at the cash, bubbly. Look at the cash, bubbly.